Hello everyone, this is Lions Den and welcome to Raw on your podcast. Um, to this podcast, we're going to talk about police-involved shootings um, that happened in the last couple of weeks. Now, we already heard about the Ahmed Aubrey case in, um, in Bronxville, Georgia. We already heard about the Breonna Taylor case in Louisville, Kentucky, and then the Sean Reed case in Indianapolis, Indiana. But now we have another shooting. That's right, another police-involved shooting in my old hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. This brother, um, and I'm going to basically read, read this in a delicate way because um, we, we I just learned about the story, I believe, yesterday. And this guy, his name is William Johnson, William Johnson Jr. And in pol- the police claim that, you know, he was involved in a, sh- well, really a shoot- in a shooting with an off-duty police officer. And, but I'm going to tell you more about the story uh, when we come back with this commercial break. But I want each and every one of you to know that by the, in the last couple of weeks, whether this claim to be armed or unarmed black men and women has been killed, has been shot and killed by police in the last couple of weeks. So when we co- when we come back, we're gonna take another. We're gonna take a commercial. Right now, we're gonna take a commercial break, <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna talk more about this. This story is in Nashville, like I said, Nashville, Tennessee. Another uh, brother shot and killed by an off-duty police officer in Nashville. So sit, let's just sit back, relax, um, get your popcorn ready, get your drink ready, uh, because Lions Day will return. Okay, people, we're back, and welcome back to Roaring Your Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow, subscribe to this podcast right here on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast systems. You can follow me on Twitter at The Real Lions Den. You can add me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash The Real Lions Den. You can also add me on my Instagram page at www.instagram.com forward slash the underscore real underscore lions underscore den number two. You can add me on my Snapchat at lionsden39. You can also go um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, go to youtube.com and go look at the search box for lionsden hashtag ADOS. Um, if you want to donate my channel or me personally, you can go to Cash App at Dollar Sign Lions Den 39, or you can go to my PayPal at www.paypal.me forward slash Lions Den 39. And I have a Patreon page. You can go to my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Lions Den ADOS. Ladies and gentlemen, in the last couple of weeks, we were dealing with police-involved shootings, where a person claimed to be armed, or a person who was armed, or unarmed black people in the last couple of weeks. We heard about the Ahmed Aubrey case. Uh, finally, there's justice there. Um, that they arrested three people in the sh- I mean, in, in the shooting because of the video. You heard about the Breonna Taylor case in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, she was killed by police inside her home. And her boyfriend, you know, rightfully so, defend themselves, you know, basically self-defense, 
Um, so, because they claim they're doing that, the no-knock order, which this was even supposed to even happen. But um, and then we talk about the Sean Reed case that, you know, he was chased by police in Indianapolis. And they said they, they found a gun in his possession. And then, you know, all of a sudden you heard tase and then, you know, police shot, police shot, um, police shot Sean Reed 14 times or more killing him. So we have another police involved shooting, right? And this has happened in my hometown in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, I want you guys to listen to this article because, again, I'm doing um, a two sides. There's two sides to every story, okay? Um, it's a brother named William Johnson Jr., um, 48. Okay, he's a 48-year-old man. Um, they claimed that he shot an off-duty officer and then all of a sudden he, he was killed on Interstate 440. If you live in the Nashville area, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, they, uh, basically, he I guess he had a police chase and end up, you know, he was killed. So I'm going to read, there's two articles from different media, right? There's the police version of it. And I, w- I want you guys to listen to this. There's the police version of what happened, and there's the family version of what happened. And, and you know, you know, it's like every time there's been police involved shootings between black people, they always bring up their criminal past. They always do that, but they never did it when whites been involved put involved in it. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read um, this article, and this has come from WSMV, which is an NBC affiliate, um, Channel Four in. Nashville. So I'm going to read this. It said an off-duty Metro Nashville police officer was shot and injured near Ashland City while the suspect has died after a pursuit in it on Interstate 440. Police says Officer Daryl Osmond, 57, was shot in the shoulder from behind while walking his dog near the intersection of Pine Valley and Bull Run Roads at around 9.05 p.m. Um, Central Time Thursday. Osmond was off duty and in plain clothes when he was encountered a man he died, he did not know on the street. Osmond told investigators they exchanged hellos and just as they passed each other, Osmond said the man who was later identified as 48-year-old William Johnson Jr. shot him in the back of the shoulder. Osmond told police he fell to the ground. Police said Johnson fired a second shot which he hit the ground near Osmond, who managed to get up and run. Johnson got into a four flex parked at a nearby church and drove away. Osmond was discharged from Vanderbilt University Medical Center on Friday and will continue his recovery with family. Around 9.17 p.m., the four flex was spotted on Highs Ferry Road. A Metro Police helicopter flew into the area and began monitoring the vehicle from the air. The car traveled onto Clarksville Pike and turned onto Ed Temple Boulevard near the North Precinct. Officers reported shots were fired from the Ford near the intersection. Officers attempted to deploy spike strips to stop the car near the intersection of Ed Temple and Dr. D.B. Todd's Boulevards. That That officer reported to TMI Johnson again fired shots from the vehicle. The flex then got onto I-40 and I-440, 
A spike strip was used on I-440, causing the vehicle to stop in the eastbound lanes near the Nolesville Pike exit. Officer, officers reported the driver's door open and they heard gunfire. TBI said three Metro officers fired on the suspect, fatally wounded Johnson. TBI said there were about 50 shots fired on I-440. I know a lot of people were probably inconvenienced with their morning commute because of their of the activity on Interstate 440. We did we did had a team of forensic scientists that had to process that crime scene. TBI Communications Director Josh Devine said it was a complex one. It was a very tight area, and there was a considerable about a ballistic evidence, more than 50 rounds that we had to gather and process. A frightening ordeal for Mario Lorenzana Duet, who witnessed the shooting involving police in Johnson. You always hear about shootings and stuff on the news and stuff, and you would, you would imagine yourself in those situations. What would you do? And when I heard that I, I can understand why some people can get into shock and maybe freeze up and don't know what to do, Lorenzana DeWitt says. Lorenzana DeWitt said he was driving on the highway and several police cars ran by. Lorenzana DeWitt said he heard an officer on a megaphone starting recording not long after that he heard a gunshot followed by screams. I could clearly hear an officer on a officer on like a megaphone, like asking someone to get out of the car with their hands up, Lorenzana DeWitt said. Lorenzana DeWitt said he's still in shock at what he saw, but is glad that officer is recovering and wish wishes him a swift recovery. I got up today and saw the full details about everything that was going on tonight, Lorenzana DeWitt said. I was like, I can't believe that I... I can't believe I was that close to someone that serious. A 9mm semi-automatic pistol was found next to the vehicle. A background check showed Johnson had plead guilty. Here come the criminal here come the criminal past, ladies and gentlemen. A background check showed Johnson had plead guilty in 2004 to misdemeanor reckless driving, a misdemeanor domestic assault charge with no prosquay at the time. Other offenses listed were misdemeanor motor vehicle charges. TBI said no other no other other law enforcement officers were injured in the shooting. Um, they listed three police officers that were involved in that shooting, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and these, there's two white officers and a black officer. I'm, again, let me go ahead and finish reading this article, and then I'm going. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, there's two sides. Remember, there's two sides to every story. Two sides. So um, these officers, they say that um, Jacob Crispin, Terrence Stuckey, which is a black cop, and 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 David Lang, and they said a two and and they said they have been placed on routine administrative assignment while t- the TBI leads the investigation. TBI said Thursday night shooting was the 14th officer-involved shooting this year. Excuse me. Um, the TBI was the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. Said that um, Thursday night shooting was the 14th officer-involved shooting this year investigated by TBI agents. Part uh, Parts of Interstate 440 were reopened by noon after being closed in both directions much of the morning because of the investigation. Uh, and again, you see police version of this story. 
So and so um and so WS okay. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of this article. Remember, remember, people. There's two sides to every story. So you heard their story. I'm gonna read the family's version of what happened with you know with, with the with, I mean with the I mean with him. So I'm gonna read this version of this of William Johnson's family reacted to what happened in the shooting. So, but this article comes from WKRN News Channel 2, um, which is the ABC affiliate in Nashville. So I'm going to read this article. Um, it says, the family of the man accused of shooting an off-duty Metro police officer is in disbelief. Police says, a 57-year-old officer, um, Daryl Osman, a 13-police veteran, was off-duty and in plain clothes when he was shot without warning Thursday night. They say the gunman, 48-year-old William Johnson, took off on I-440, leading officials on a chase that ended in gunfire. In the, in, in the end, Johnson was killed. The Johnson family tells News 2 that they are devastated, heartbroken, and in complete shock over the reports. And I'm going to, again, this is the family's version. You heard a police version on on another, I mean, another media report. This is the family's version of this. Um, their response is, we don't understand why anything like this will happen. Shock, disbelief. That doesn't sound like Billy. Billy loves people. Billy loves life. The suspect's sister, Brandy Johnson, told News 2. Brandy said his friend called him Bill and his family called him Billy. She described Billy as a free spirit. He was the son of a pastor and a graduate of McCavick High School. He practiced massage therapy, spent time traveling the world, and served in the Army for years. So, I'm going to stop you right there, ladies and gentlemen. You notice that, you know, we, we're already talking about a lot of, you know, black men who shot, who shooting police officers. And remember, we talked about... Um, you know, with Micah Johnsons, the Galvin Longs, and I think we have another person that started shooting police officers. So, his, and again, well, I'm gonna continue reading this article, but now it's starting to be a pattern of this now because remember, we always seeing, you know, police officers, sh I mean, um, shot and kill unarmed black men and women in this country, and so now. We you start seeing a lot of people who didn't have any police record, didn't have a um, criminal record at all. Now they, they said that he had a criminal past. On this news article, they haven't said anything like that. Um, but you notice now you see a lot of people are fed up with police officers, and I'm going to continue um, reading this article in a second. But you see, in so many police-involved shootings, and black people are tired of this. Uh, you see, you see a lot of black men are starting to take up arms and go after police officers now. Um, but it's showing that, you know, black people, ladies and gentlemen, are tired of being seeing their people getting shot and killed by police. So I'm going to go ahead and continue reading this. Brandy, okay, so, he, now, and, and, you know, all, all the three cases, before I'm continuing this, all three cases, um, the Galvin Longs, the Michael Johnsons, and now him, they already serve in the military. All, every last one of them. I'm just to let you know that. But let me go ahead and continue to read this article, people. Um, he, his sister said he did serve our country for many years. Brandy explained, saying he also suffered from PTSD. 
if this really happened the way they are saying it happened, something had to trigger or we just don't know, but we just can't believe it. Bill is one of five kids in what in what Brandy described as a close-knit family. She said that she said her, their parents are still living in Hermitage. Okay, he was loved by his family and this is like this is our different we never lost anyone this close in our family. She's cried. The Johnson family are asking for prayer and sending prayers to Officer Asmus' family as he recovers. We are so sorry anything like this happened, said Brandy. She added that the family is looking for answers as the investigation continues. So, you know, and that's, that's the end of that article. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we've been dealing with police-involved shootings for the last couple of weeks, okay? And a lot of people are tired of this. Now, I'm not saying what what uh, what William um, what William Johnson did, you know, was right because it wasn't right. I mean, he shouldn't have, I mean, he shouldn't have did what he did. But just like the sister said, he said he's he's been suffering from PTSD, which is post traumatic stress syndrome, right? Something triggered it. And, and, and again, I think he starts seeing, and I might be wrong, don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen, but I think he's starting to see a lot of police-involved shootings across this country killing unarmed black men and women. And that triggered his mind. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you shoot, when you shoot an unarmed black men and unarmed black women for no reason, you, and I think he saw on the news... What happened to Ahmed Aubrey? What happened to um, Sean Reed? What happened to Breonna Taylor? So it, it triggers this brother's. And if he does see PTSD, it triggers him and say, you know what? No, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to do something about it, right? So I believe that is what's going on, people. That you, we already have seen black people are tired of this police-involved shootings. And all, every last story that, you know, that when black people start shooting at them, you know, and then everybody would come, well, we, they had to bring up their criminal past, they was killed. But again, see, this is why I said that, I mean, just like she said, that I mean, the stories that I've been hearing that he was a U.S. Army veteran, talking about William Johnson that was involved in a police shooting in Nashville, that he was a, a U.S. Army veteran, and remember, people, that this has happened. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, you see the Gavin Longs, the Michael Johnsons, and now you know the the, the William Johnsons. We basically showing you people that this happens every day. This isn't happening like every week, every month, every year. This happens every day doing with police-involved shootings. Now. This brother, we don't even know what triggers him to do what he did, honestly. And maybe, and I might be wrong, but maybe that he see what happened with doing a lot of media coverage of the Ahmed Aubrey case. I'm just saying hypothetical that what triggers him to do with what he did, what he did. Like he probably see it on the news. What happened with the Ahmed Aubrey case, the the Breonna Taylor case, because it's all over the news. And he probably triggered it in his mind like these police officers killed my people, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to take action on it. 
Now, you know, we're, you know, and this is what concerns me, ladies and gentlemen. It concerns me very much of we as black people have been dealing with for nearly 500 years of police-involved shootings that happened 500 years. And obviously, we basically still dealing with this today. Now, you know, Malcolm X's birthday was a, was a, a few days ago. And, you know, and he, you know, and during those times when he was at a, at a speech in, in Los Angeles, for those of you that remember your history, he was talking about the controlled press, the white press. You know, he, he was saying that another, I'm just paraphrasing it, that, you know, there are times that police involved shootings and everything that the police always give their version of it and nobody else's. Uh, and the white people backing them back the media and police up. Well, this ain't no different today. So we're seeing now, I mean, and still, still the investigation still continuing. But as far as I know, they say that there's been, a, he has a gun. He used a gun, um, suffering PT. He said he, been, um, the family said he's been having PTSD. But what triggers him to shoot the officer, shoot this white officer? That's my question. What triggers him to shoot this white officer? And it's basically, again, and, and uh, he, he probably felt like he's been, he's sick and tired of these officers killing unarmed black men and women in this country. And like I said, people, there's Micah Johnson's, there's Galvin Long's, well, brothers are starting to feel like, and they both, all, all three of them have a military background. So they felt like, I'm tired of this. Basically, that's what happened. But again, we've been through this plenty of times before when police shooting unarmed black men and women in this country, and none of it, and nothing's going to be done about this. I mean, and I think the back of people's mind, I mean, I guess a brother felt tired of this, um, and he said, you know what, I'm going to do this right now. So. You know, again, this is really scary for black people to go out every day and every night because you never know what will happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, this police-involved shooting of black people is basically out of control. And you notice every every time, you know, this happens, you never see what I mean. We've been we see incidents on TV when you know police involved, you know, with white people. You know, when they, they, at least with them, when they negotiated, put the guns down, being arrested, that's it. When it comes to us in the community, it's not like that. When, even if, even if they wasn't even opposed a threat, they still shoot, shooting a, a black man, kill, black man or black woman killing them. Even though they wasn't even a threat. So people, like I said, you know, when is enough enough? We, when is enough enough when you see every single time stories of unarmed black men and women, or even if they were armed, they wasn't posing a threat to someone and they still killing these people. So, you know, the thing of it is that I'm, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm glad the officer is okay. But at the same time, I think we as the black community need to really focus on, you know, how, and, and it like, it's just, it's just like, um, Basically, we need to focus on ourselves more. 
and not dealing with other people in, in the outside because if you're dealing with the outside, tragedies like this will happen. So my again, we just we just we need we need to need to pray up, focus on how as a community come together through this crisis. Let me know what you think about this, and and I tell you like this, people, we all need to pray up because we never know what will happen next if we walk out those doors. Thanks for, for listening to my podcast. Be sure to listen to it right here on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Play and other podcast systems, and I will talk to you soon. This is Elias Dan, and I'm gone. Deuces.